So hello and welcome to the Oliver James podcast, bringing you conversations with industry leaders, everything you need to know about building connections and how to enhance and elevate your career. So today uh, we welcome back DWS Diversity and Inclusion Leader Sarah Charlesworth, Oliver James's Inclusion and Engagement Partner Razan Abdel Gadir and Astral's Director Anna Davies. So welcome back all and thank you again for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thanks Steph. Thank episode we discussed the building blocks for a business's DE and I journey um, and basically what they can do to sort of start the journey from that point onwards and um, today we're going to turn, turn our attention to gender you know we've recently celebrated International Women's Day and um, so I'm going to open up to the floor what are some of the challenges when it comes to attracting women? So on International Women's Day we did a uh, interview panel for a number of questions that were important uh, to discuss internally and one of the questions Whilst I, whilst I understood the answer, I was also quite shocked by it and it relates to, to what we're discussing today. Um, I'll ask the question and, and see what you guys think. But the question is, studies have shown that men will apply for a job if they can do 60% of the requirements of the role. What percentage of a role's requirement does a woman need to feel she can do to apply for a job? Mm. I think it'll definitely be quite high. Yeah, high. Like yeah. over, maybe over like 70, 70%, I think. What do you think, Sarah? I feel like it's going to be really high, but it's shouldn't be. it maddens me that it, it, it might it's be. A, it is 100%. And 100. Wow. that's why I said, whilst I understand why, because it could come down to so many factors. And I think obviously you've got to look at, you know, which industry was surveyed, you know, you know, you could look at different personality types, you could look at it from a gender perspective, you could look at it just from like confidence and, and that sort of perspective. But I was still quite shocked by it. I think very interesting takeaway relating to what we're discussing today is how are companies supposed to attract female talent if their main source of attraction in a job advertisement, um, whether it's online or how it's discussed, is something that that actually isn't, you know, doesn't have the ability um, to attract them, essentially. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we're automatically discounting ourselves from a role if we don't, if we're not meeting 100% of it. Mm -hmm. Not also not realising that for men, they will look at that and think, well, I can't do some of it, but I'll give it a go. And yeah. I think we're we're discounting ourselves automatically. But also, are you know in the in the recruitment stage, are we getting discounted because we're not necessarily meeting all all of the criteria? And one of the things that when we did some roundtables with women in our business is they were saying men are men are um, women are assessed on performance, but men are assessed on potential. And and that's something that's really resonated with me that where are we are we getting the, are we given the opportunities mm-hmm. yeah that's so interesting isn't it and that kind of like brings it back to that because for me if you were to meet every criteria for a job it wouldn't be the right job because where's the room to grow and learn you know clients say to me all the time they want you know obviously they need the foundational skill set to a degree but it's about where somebody can come in and hit the ground running in certain areas and give that value add but also where they grow into it um you know how you develop because they don't want somebody to come in and then leave after a year or two because it's routine day to day and they're bored because there's there's yeah. no challenge in it um and i think something that 
I really thought about when I was discussing this this point earlier last week was we need to look at how jobs are advertised and if organisations want to attract women um, and, and you know bring more women into roles in their business they need to look at maybe not doing job advertisements you know we need to look at how the interview process works and maybe more about the role is discussed and we just put basic requirements in the job brief just to kind of get that foundational skill set there um, and then it can be developed from there but I definitely think it's something that that we need to look at from a recruitment perspective and we have a responsibility to do so for our clients yeah um, yeah really interesting I think if it if we're focusing on okay so what are the challenges of attracting women one of the challenges like we said is maybe women are, are less reluctant to apply to, to a role like we said but also looking at the sector that you're in so is it realistic when and I'm sure when we're working with with clients and they're asking for a diverse shortlist is it realistic to say we want 50 50 representation when actually the actual sector there's only 20 percent um, pool of candidates that, that are women so um, that that is a challenge in itself is is maybe going even further earlier in, in the life cycle of you know how many um, females are seeing that as a career you know in schools and, and and so on but it's ultimately it's what are the challenges we just need to unpack why what those challenges are and try as businesses take accountability to find some solutions to to help to help um, eradicate that yeah I think it's about removing the perception that you won't get an interview or the employer won't be interested if you can't do everything they're asking for you need to give yourself a chance and, and really believe in the value that you've got um and, and just go you know go for it um mm. if, if men are doing the same thing and being successful in it then why why would you know being a woman change that you know why you should be if you feel that you have the potential just go for something and what's the worst they can say no yeah we we did um the roundtables I mentioned we did overwhelming amount of women said they weren't confident in putting themselves forward which is just heartbreaking really and a lot of the senior women in our business uh, put themselves forward because they were basically tapped on the shoulder by one male partner in particular and um, because they were told you should be applying for this even some that applied outside of the promotions timescales because they were you know they were said they were told why didn't you apply in the first time around um, and it's interesting that a lot of the women have said they need that kind of tap on the shoulder they need to know that their talent and that their their invest their careers are invested in in a company um, and I don't think that's unique to DWF in the slightest I think that is definitely a commonality amongst the legal sector and other sectors mm -hmm. So what, what do you think, like, what are some of the actual practical things that businesses can do to to help that attraction? Obviously, we've discussed some of the things that, you know, individually we can do to, you know, make sure that we have that confidence and we just go for, go for the things that maybe we aren't sure that potentially we do feel that 100%. But what are some of the things that as a business we can fundamentally do to help encourage women to, to apply for roles that maybe they don't necessarily feel that they can fulfill the whole full 100 percent as as uh, Anna pointed out before mm -hmm. I think um, what yeah sorry go sorry. on Rose. no no go on Anna. I was just going to say I think one thing is educating them on that staff because yeah. for me I think there's there's more of um, an understanding isn't there knowing that if men are going for it and they feel that they're going for it because they can do 60 percent of the job if they actually looked at it they'd know that 
they can also do 60% of the job, so why not? And I think hearing that kind of stat and understanding alone will be enough to make somebody go, actually, yeah, why wouldn't I go for it? Why wouldn't I do that? And then I think the other side of it is on the client side. And like I said, it's it's changing that process. It's looking at should job adverts and briefs be more focused on pitching the business, pitching the role, um, and then just kind of a few points on, on what's required. And that could be, you know, the basic requirements of education, experience in certain areas, that that's just going to be kind of a brief qualification for the individual. Um, and I'm really you know during the interview process when you're actually meeting with people and speaking people you're learning more about their commerciality their mindset the approach they have their network what they can bring to the role and that that for me would be kind of the starting point where you could probably see even just a higher application rate from women again though that's changing a hr process isn't it so it's Mm. having those conversations with a client um and educating them on that which i think is for me the responsibility of, of my business in the UK and everybody in our team is to go out and educate their clients on doing that. And that's just a small start. Yeah. I think the, um, the the point you made about actually, if you said that stat to a wider pool of people, they'd all be really shocked. Um, and I think it was from a Harvard Business Review, wasn't it? The the stat, I think it was um, by, it was a vague feedback is holding women back so you know listeners go and go and find it read it read about it I think it's uh, something that we can definitely use to open up those sort of conversations and um, what about you Sarah is there anything that you guys have done at DWF that is sort of working towards that yeah I am um, I want to pick up on Anna's stat as well because it, it also translates to other aspects of women's promotion so the amount of time that women build tends to be less than men because they don't want to show how long a project or a piece of work has actually taken they kind of underselling themselves and then it goes to kind of lateral senior senior hires that we have as well who kind of pitch to us their business case telling us how much they're going to bring in in the first year and we we see time and time again across the legal sector of women underselling themselves and saying they're going to bring in X and actually they, they do X in the first six months, not in not in the first year. They, they, you know, they manage to do it so quickly because they don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. So I think it trickles into all aspects of women's performance and uh, then promotion and opportunities. Um, and it, it's not just within the recruitment stage, but from a recruitment perspective, we've done some really simple things that any business could do. Um, for example, in the roundtable, we talked about it as well, about um, the gender gender decoder that you can use. It's a free website. You can put your job advert on the gender decoder and it'll tell you how many words are masculine and how many words are feminine. And, um, and we did it actually with a few of our roles, particularly kind of barrister roles. And we found there was more masculine words, surprise, surprise, than feminine words. And so particularly when you're, if you're struggling in certain uh, practice, uh, sorry, if you're struggling in certain departments to get more female representation, have a look at the job adverts that you're using for that particular uh, de- department or practice group. And then the other thing that we did, which was actually an initiative that came from our race and ethnicity group, was um, blind CVs, utilising blind CVs. So that is um, kind of the process of anonymizing demographic information about a candidate that could lead to bias. So removing name, removing age, schooling, dates, languages. We did have a conversation, a large conversation about, oh, I, I need to know what university uh, people go to, but you, you you really, really don't. And we did actually do some research um, 
internally around our emerging talent, uh, around who those who go to Russell Group universities and those who don't and where they perform and where they where, where we retain them. And um, we found no differences whatsoever. So we were able to kind of debunk uh, that myth around universities. But what we found was that the blind CVs, although had for a race and ethnicity angle, uh, so although we use blind CVs from a race and ethnicity perspective, we found in the past year that all our new starters for senior to mid-career level roles, where we find there's the issue around female representation, they have been gender balanced compared to the previous year where we had new starters, female new starters were around 30% for those senior to mid-career level roles. So not saying that those that blind CVs, that's a, sorry, I'm not saying that that uh, output is just from blind CVs, we obviously have a number of other things, but those things, gender decoder and blind CVs are such a simple way for, for businesses to start and look at their attraction and recruitment from a gender perspective. Just to touch on the blind CVs, because that's kind of been a topic that I know an, an, an initiative a lot of businesses are doing. Um, I've been on a couple of roundtables that we've run internally as well as externally, and a couple of the points that were raised around that is if we're creating blind CVs or we're creating this process where the person who's looking at the CVs or whoever the people who are looking at CVs don't necessarily have these biases or unconscious biases that they might have how does that then move on to the actual interview process and um, I don't know if you guys have, have looked at this Sarah because I know you, you you look at various different areas but uh, the importance of looking at the whole life cycle so once we get past the initial submission of the CVs how are we ensuring that interview stage there is this also inclusive way of, of, of measuring um, talents performance absolutely and blind you know blind cvs doesn't exist in a, in a vacuum where that's you know yeah. that's a solution and um, we've done a lot around inclusive hiring training so making sure that our hiring managers everyone who is a hiring manager in the business has to go through inclusive hiring training and we also have a toolkit to support them through that the kind of recruitment stage all the way from that initial application to hiring decisions um, and then things like wherever we can and particularly in areas where we struggle for diversity and inclusion we um, we make sure that we have a diverse interview panel and we use the um, standard of no more than 80% of one demographic on an interview panel. So making sure that, you know, they're reflecting on every aspect of diversity when it comes comes to an interview panel. And we've had we've had a lot of success with that, um, which has been which has been great. But I don't think it stops there. There are plenty of other things that yeah, we should be doing absolutely. and other businesses can can do. Yeah. Uh, one of the roundtables that we ran um, last week, we had Deborah Richards, who's head of uh, DNI at IBM, and she was talking about this and, and the interview panels, like who, who is actually on the interview panels. And also she talked about assessment centres and how actually calling them assessment centres can tend to put women off, um, thinking of it as a process. So what they've done is they've changed it and titled them experience centres, um, which I think is actually quite a, a good and innovative way of uh, changing just the language that's being used that can also impact on hopefully increasing the number of, of females that might feel comfortable to apply. It's crazy, isn't it, that it's almost just like these slight tweaks in terms of like the language that we use that could make such a huge difference. 
Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's interesting because someone might not necessarily even think of that, but from the fact that you've mentioned that, Razan, it, it's almost an obvious. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Like, why would it, like, it, of course it would put people off by calling yeah. it an assessment centre. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's really interesting to hear the fact that some of these things are just the tiniest of tweaks that will make a world of difference. Um, so, Sarah, you mentioned in terms of like the making the interview process more inclusive. What are some of the ways? Um, obviously, you talked about the panel, but what are some of the ways that we can actually make it more inclusive? Yeah, and touching on what Razan just said around reframing words and questions, I've seen um, a number of law firms look, and something that we're, we're going to start and do as well is look at the types of questions that you're asking and one of the questions that was highlighted in, in the legal press the other day is around what is your greatest achievement and again going back to that um, stat that Anna mentioned women they found that women have tended to not um, boast about what their greatest achievement is and they found that men and women have and performed differently on that question. So really looking at the types of words that you're using, the questions that you're asking for, but also we know that particularly in, um, in the legal sector, but I'm sure this applies beyond as well, that women will pick up a lot of the other work that's not necessarily billable work. So the kind of people management experience, DNI and CSR leadership, um, pro, you know, working on process improvements that ultimately be benefit the business or brand opportunities with, for the business. And I think looking at that and making sure that we consider that as well as financial metrics and that they're both important um, when it comes to promotion or it comes to attraction, that they're both valued in the business. And um, and that's something that we're, we're having more discussions about internally, about how do we make that as part of our processes when it comes to attraction interviews and also promotion interviews yeah and Anna is there anything because obviously you work for um our a division of Olive James called Astral um focusing within the legal sector is there is this something you've come across in terms of that particular um the Harvard Business Review stat is, is this something that you when you sort of heard it was it like actually I can kind of see that within the market that I work to a degree but I, I honestly, I was so shocked by it. But I think, you know, I, I was initially shocked by, by it. The knee-jerk reaction was, why, 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 how is that possible? You know, that why, why wouldn't we be going for things that are, um, even if you feel like you can't do a little bit, you know, of that role, we should still jump at things and we should learn. You know, always say you can do something and then learn as you go is kind of my motto in life. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I've ever been, you know, qualified fully to do any job that I've ever had. And that's why I quite passionately believe in it, which is probably why my knee jerk reaction will be different to other people's who might understand it more straight away. And then after a few days of kind of really reflecting on it, talking to other people, um, I understood it more when I kind of broke down different different ways of looking at it. But I don't know, I really mulled it over. And obviously a, a lot of the work that I do and my team does, we, we're speaking to people day to day on the phones. and. When I'm speaking to people and I'm really kind of discussing a client and, you know, the vision of that client and what the prospect is working for them, it's all about that. It's never, do you have X, do you have Y, do you have Z experience? It's, I'm going to bring a client to you and I'm going to kind of, you know, really sell the opportunity to work for them whilst I understand kind of where your experience can align to that. So it's never about, you need to fit into this box. 
it's yeah. more does this excite you and if it does let's kind of look at if the client's interested regardless because there might be another opportunity for you whether it's in two months time or two years time um it's about the individual for me and i never have women more so than men saying i i don't want to go forward i don't believe in in the fact that i can't work for that type of company or in that type of role but maybe that's because the way that we position um opportunities is is very much about the individual and the fit for the organization and the fit for that versus do you fit this brief yes or no and that's what we select on so we have a different approach from that perspective yeah, I suppose uh, probably not a lot of people would have that approach. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good to kind of hear your insight into that. Um, so, ladies, if there's one thing that you would give our listeners um, to take away from today's session, uh, what would that be? One bit of advice. Sarah, I'll go to you first. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> look at your attraction and promotion criteria. Is it inclusive? Does it factor in the differences and different positions of, of marginalised groups. You know, often bias has been created because homogenous groups have, have created and set that criteria and we need diverse voices to ensure that the, those attraction and promotion criteria is inclusive. Definitely. Razan? Very good point. Um, mine would just be just to review the whole recruitment life cycle. So um, obviously the way that you attract talent, some of the things that Sarah shared that really good there about the, uh, you know, looking at the gender decoder and the adverts that you're using, but also looking at your interview panel, how diverse is that? And how do you, you know, example that Sarah used, the questions that you're asking during an interview. Um, so look at, look at it holistically rather than just one part of the, the process because uh, the combination of that should help with hopefully having um, more more inclusion and attracting more women. Amazing. And Anna, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, yeah. I think that from a client standpoint, I'd advise, you know, go and, go and look at all of the, the job briefs, maybe the, the ones from the last few months and look at how weighted they are on what's required versus what the job is and what this person will be coming in and doing. You know, how restrictive are they? Start there. And from a candidate standpoint, I think, just go for it. just go for it if you see a job that excites you and you feel do you know what that that is something that excites me and I might not fit every criteria just just apply for it and the worst thing that's going to happen is you might get an email or a call just saying it's not the right fit now but don't take that as a rejection look at that as okay well then I need a bit more experience in this area or need a bit more experience in that area you know it's you shouldn't feel a sense of failure for that yeah it's that classic thing of isn't it that the the worst that can happen is you get a no and I think everyone is so afraid of that no quite often in, in every forms of life. And actually, we all, I think we all just need to, to go and try and get that yes rather than focusing on the no. Yeah, um, and you just never know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But that's it from us today. Um, so thank you again, Sarah, Rosanna and Anna for joining us today. Um, and thank you to all our listeners. Um, stay tuned for the next episode as we discuss the promotion and progression of women, um, the challenges, what success looks like and how we measure it and the importance of succession planning. So if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you head over to our LinkedIn page, you can stay up to date on all things Oliver James. See you next time.